0: Hi, I'm Edwin, and I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men. 15
1: minutes. <laughs> eternal I Impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hello,
0: Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. As we are continuing in Matthew 23, got a long reading for today. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into those curses and woes that were frightening you yesterday.
1: Yeah, we're going to really dig into that today. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. We're going to let the woes roll in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you devour widows houses and for a pretense make long prayers therefore you will receive greater condemnation woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte and when he is one you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves woe to you blind guides who say whoever swears by the temple it is nothing But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of uh, extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also." Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are all like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say if we had lived in the days of our fathers we would not have partake been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets therefore you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets fill up then the measure of your fathers' guilt serpents brood of vipers how can you escape the condemnation of hell therefore indeed i send you prophets wise men and scribes some of them you will kill and crucify some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah son of Berechiah whom you murdered between the temple and the altar assuredly I say to you all these things will come upon this generation
0: well that's about all the time we have today thank you it feels that way. Long reading, but no, we've got some time to talk about this, the woes. so you find those woes a bit frightening. Is that
1: what I? Well, yeah, I was talking about that yesterday to imagine sitting in, the, you know, sitting in the pew and Jesus is preaching and he's pointing at you the whole time and pronouncing the woe upon you the whole time. We talked about yesterday you know, what is the audience for this? I, I think it's still the last week. I think he's probably teaching in the environs of the temple. There are Pharisees and scribes around. And whereas yesterday he's holding them up as a case study to teach humility to the people, today he is just turning his, his crosshairs right on the scribes and Pharisees, and he is blasting away. Well, certainly there's the shift from what we saw earlier
0: in Matthew, where, Matthew or where Jesus was saying, it's it's not my time, it's not my time, we're going to, okay, you know what, they're after me, they're getting upset, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, don't go tell people that you've been healed, because we don't, but now it's... Let's okay. You ready for this? Let's take the gloves off and let's have at it. It's it's time. It's time, and we see Jesus now saying things that are really going to upset these
1: folks who are after him, and it's just going to provoke them. How, how could it not provoke? Certainly, but what is the weight of a woe? I mean, is he? Is he like cursing
0: him right here and it's pronouncing judgment upon him?
1: Absolutely. So
0: first thing to recognize, and I know this will come up later in our discussion, some things I hope to talk about later in the week. But first of all, recognize that this idea of pronouncing woes is taking on the mantle of a prophet. Mm. When, when you look through the Old Testament, in fact, it's fascinating. If you hop on a computer program and just search in the Old Testament for the word woe, you'll find it a couple of times. Before the prophets, but man, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the minor prophets—woe, woe, whoa, woe, whoa, woe, woe! I mean, it's uh, woe to you, woe to them, sometimes woe to us and woe to me. But it's it's the mantle of a prophet. So Jesus is is propping himself up as a prophet to the people, pronouncing
1: woes on those who have pursued evil and wickedness, especially pride. I think that's really insightful because where this section ended, he's reminding them about all the different righteous prophets who just been persecuted and killed by the people. And in the next chapter, he is going to
0: lay down some prophecy about judgment that is coming, yeah. and especially on Jerusalem.
1: Some recog- some see it as others as well, but especially at Jerusalem. Yeah. So pr- predictive prophecy here. So we see him acting as prophet in a couple of ways, yeah. uh, pronouncing the, the condemnation of God in this chapter, predictive prophecy in Matthew 24. Of judgment coming. Of judgment, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I want to back up, though, and take kind of a 100,000-foot
0: you know, view of Matthew at this point. Because as we read about these woes, I am reminded of something Israel was supposed to do when they got into the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 27, this is verse 11 through 13, that day Moses charged the people saying, when you have crossed over the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin, and these shall stand on Mount Ebal for the curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice. And then he went through and talked about the cursings that they were supposed to pronounce, Mm -hmm. and then talked about the blessings that were supposed to be pronounced. So here is this ritual that Israel as a nation is supposed to go through once they've crossed the Jordan. And by the way, they did do this in Joshua chapter 8 and about verse 33. They cross into the land of Israel and they are supposed to have half of them on one mountainside and the other half on an opposing mountainside. There's a valley in between. They're looking at each other, it seems. Some are going to be shouting curses. Some are going to be shouting blessings. And God says, look, this is what I'm setting before you. As you come into this land, it's the choice between blessing and cursing. It's the choice between life and death. I think we can see Matthew, the the written account of Matthew's uh, gospel, the gospel according to Matthew, as kind of this picture hmm. because you remember one of the early teachings that we had in the gospel of Matthew is the sermon on the mount mount and how does it begin mm-hmm. blessed are you blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and it goes through this list of blessings now even though the idea of mountain is not highlighted Jesus is on the temple mount right here at the end of the gospel of Matthew and he has this teaching that he's going to present and it's full of woes. It's mm-hmm. full of curses. It's almost like this exact same picture of Ebal and Gerizim mm-hmm. with this intervening valley. Here are the blessings, here are the cursings, and we, we need to decide, which am I going to choose?
1: So with Deuteronomy, it was to teach the people to make this choice. And I think about it at the end of the Sermon on the Mount with the teaching about the wise builder and the foolish builder, I mean, clearly that was about making a choice. Oh, yeah. Hear my word, do my word. Mm-hmm. Are we beyond the point of a choice here in Matthew twenty three? Though I mean, these Pharisees, it sounds like he sounds like he's putting it on them.
0: Well, as far as the Pharisees, I think they could always repent, having heard these woes, and and the purpose of all the prophets to come to the people was to bring them to repentance. Call them to repent. Though most often, by the time the prophets came along, they weren't going to repent, and the yeah. teaching just pushed them further along. So I, I yeah, so for the Pharisees, I don't know. I don't know where they are. Have they have they Rejected Jesus so much now that they're just, that's what they're going to do. Uh, Not, of course, because they were primordially chosen to do that, but because they have pursued that path themselves and got them locked in it. Or is Jesus calling them to choose between what happened earlier and now? But I think for us, this is the key. I'm talking about us today. Mm -hmm. As you and I read Matthew, Matthew's account of the gospel is setting this choice before us. We can have blessing or we can have cursing. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think the the eight blessings and the eight cursings mirror each other exactly, so it's not like the first woe mirrors exactly the first blessing and so Ooh, okay, forth, yeah. but there's clearly a contrast. So, you know, the first blessing starts with blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. all right? And blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But what are the Pharisees doing in chapter yeah. 23, verse 13?
1: They're shutting up the kingdom of heaven, keeping people out. Yeah,
0: follow the if you follow Jesus with poverty of spirit and even persecution, you get the kingdom. If you follow the Pharisees, you get shut out of the kingdom.
1: Yeah, and Ma- it, making their disciples twice as much the sons of hell. Okay,
0: and, that's another one. Yeah. Matthew 23, 15, you follow the Pharisees, you become a child of hell. What was Matthew 5, 9? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are sons sons of of God. God. Okay? So in the blessings, you hunger and thirst for righteousness, and therefore you're blessed with it. Mm -hmm. But in Matthew 23, 27 through 28, the Pharisees and the scribes, they only look like they're righteous. They don't actually have Mm. righteousness. So to me, even though it's not a one-for-one parallel from one blessing to one cursing, it is still a clear contrast. You've got a choice. You're going to be walking in one direction, which leads to destruction and death and damnation, cursing, Mm -hmm. woe, or you're going to walk in a blessing, and you're going to pursue... And look, it's going to be tough... There's going to be some poverty, there's going to be some persecution, there's going to be some mourning, but this is the path of blessing. Mm-hmm. And notice the doorway into that path, poverty of spirit, humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what we saw here, the doorway into the Pharisees' path, pride, yeah. arrogance, self-righteousness, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. Yeah. all of these things. So I, th- I think we're seeing a great contrast. And, and it really comes down to it for you and for me, Andrew, that Jesus is basically saying, I'm setting before you the blessing and the curse, life and death. Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to choose? Mm-hmm. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Well, I think uh, let's just drop it there. Let's come back to this chapter and some of these woes in tomorrow's conversation. What are you going to choose, blessing or cursing? Thanks so much for listening today. Why don't you let folks know about our podcast? Share it, subscribe, rate it, review it. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, we choose blessing. And help us to mean that every moment of every day. For some reason, our adversary has made the curse seem appealing. Somehow, he makes it enticing. And so we pray, Father, that you would renew our minds, that you would clean out our eyes so that our entire body would be full of light, that we would want you, your Son, your Spirit, more than anything else that the adversary offers. Lord, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. And it's through your Son, Jesus, our Savior, who died on the cross, our King who was resurrected, that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today.
1: is delicious and chilly.